It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Except it's not with Boyd Matheson today. It's with me, Leah Murray, and my friend Taylor Morgan. I am happy if anyone mistakes me for being Boyd Matheson. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't expect <laughs> like, I think my voice is different enough. Um, but what we've got right now for you is Ozzy Pebera from the Washington Post to talk to us about what's going on with Hakeem Jeffries. Welcome to the show, Ozzy. Thanks for having me. So first, I'm just going to let you tell the story. Who is this Representative Jeffries? What is he going to be doing? Where is he from? Talk to us about him. So one of the first things you might hear is that he is from Brooklyn. Um, People from that part of New York City are very proud of it and often use every opportunity to remind people of where they're from. Um, I see (laughs) that as someone someone who grew up nearby in Queens. Uh, Leah, Ozzy, Leah Murray grew up in New York State. Upstate New York, Ozzy. And she she has to remind me. About the fact that she's from New York every time I see but her. But not the city. I'm from upstate. <laughs> but she's a Yankees fan, so I don't know. Everyone gets a pass if they're a Yankees fan. That, that was um, oh, come on. Not on, not on this program, sir. <laughs> but, all right, so he's from Brooklyn. What else about him? So he is a lawyer. Um, he clerked for, for a U.S. district court um, in the Southern District of New York in the late 90s. And, and he had this like very fascinating rise or entry into politics. In 2000, uh, he was a young, ambitious guy, and he wanted to run for an assembly seat uh, in Brooklyn. And he ran against an incumbent, an incumbent who had some ethical challenges but kept on winning re-election. And Hakeem Jeffries thought, I can take on this person in my party, win, and really kickstart my career in politics. He came up short, as a lot of first-time candidates do, but then something really remarkable happened. (laughs) The powers that be happened to redraw the um, district lines, they, which happened every 10 years after a census, and they managed a way to redistrict Hakeem Jeffries' house out of the district he had just run for, mm. basically a way of protecting an incumbent. So instantly, this very young, ambitious, uh, smart lawyer found himself on the out <laughs> of the Democratic Party. Uh, it took him until 2006 to sort of run again and finally win, but that gave him a very early lesson, I, I believe, in the, in the powers of um, the establishment Democratic Party and just sort of what can happen with certain levels of power. Um, but once he came into office, he spent a couple of years in the New York State Assembly. And then by 2012, he was looking at higher office to run for a congressional seat. Again, this seat also in Brooklyn was represented by a longtime incumbent who wasn't dogged by the same ethical scandals as his predecessor in the Assembly, but just had – was there for a long time and maybe didn't have the kind of energy that a, a younger person could bring to the seat. Sure. So, so Hakeem Jeffries runs for that seat, and in the middle of the race, the incumbent announces he's going to go into retirement. Oh, that's which nice. Is great. Right, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's not the bad news for <laughs> a challenging yeah. candidate. No, but then there was a curveball. In that race, another um, ca- uh, local official, a council member from Brooklyn, also said, I'm going to run for that seat, which presented voters with 
two options between two new faces. Mm. Hakeem Jeffries, who had sort of worked within the system by this point, and this councilman, Charles Barrett, who was a Black Panther. He would always correct people if they ever called him a former Black Panther. And he was very outspoken, very brash. And, and he sort of came out of this activist tradition where you sort of said outrageous things. You said things in a kind of a blunt manner. And you got a lot of headlines. And you maybe didn't work with your other local elected officials, but, but you garnered a lot of attention. So Sounds familiar. When, right. <laughs> sounds familiar. Yeah. Which is sort of a precursor to the kind of politics that we see today right, where a lot exactly. of people say things on Twitter and get a lot of attention, but may not do the kind of constituent service, grunt mm-hmm. work that sure. elected officials have to do. So very instantly, this guy, Jeffries, who was sort of like a thorn in the side of the Democratic Party when he first ran for that assembly seat, the, the party establishment now sees him as a guy, as a person to rally around, to protect ah. him from an even more, you know, sort of outspoken kind of uh, person in Charles Barrett. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, he becomes so kind of this safe, mainstream, progressive right. candidate. It, exactly. And, and and he has done good work in the Assembly. His colleagues liked him. He's considered very thoughtful. So, so he, he had merit on his own as well. But that helped sharpen his alliance with not only uh, the Democratic Party in New York, but also some national figures stepped in and said, look, if this congressional seat goes to a guy like Charles Barron, New York could really be embarrassed. So that race, which... Um, Jeffries won, helped kickstart his networking and relationship building with figures in the Democratic Party in Washington. Um, and then instantly uh, he arrives, and then, and then this, this really amazing thing happens in 2018. I don't know if, uh, if you ever heard of someone named AOC, Alexandria right. Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> yes. Wait, what? Who? <laughs> who? 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 <laughs> so she does this kind of amazing thing where she unseats an incumbent in uh, a district that represents Queens of Brooklyn. Why does this relate to Jeffries? Well, the person she unseats, Joe Crowley, was considered sort of in line of succession to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Ah. Right. With years down the road at some point, but he had made it clear that he was looking at that seat. Yeah. Well, with, with Crowley out of the way, who is left? You know, there's a lot of people in a 435-seat House that would like to be Speaker, almost all of them. But New York having a large delegation, sort of uh, have Wall Street in their backyard with a lot of donors that can help fund races throughout the country. The the New York delegation said, look, if it's not going to be Crowley, this guy Hakeem Jeffries, he has a seat, a safe seat that he can hold on to. He's young enough to accrue tenure. Uh, He is black and a member of the Black Congressional Caucus, which is a powerful voting bloc in the Democratic uh, Party apparatus in Washington. He has a lot of the... uh, 
relationships and network building and opportunities to really become a powerful longtime figure that can really benefit New York and the delegation of the Democratic Party. Yeah. And once, so, so uh, even though AOC sort of represents a more outspoken progressive wing that uh, that Jeffries had sort of ran against before uh, when he first got into Congress, it also in, in an unusual way, sort of paved the way for his ascendancy. Yeah, this is fascinating. We are speaking yeah. with Ozzy Pabra, reporter at The Washington Post, who is an expert on the ascendancy, the political right. career of Hakeem Jeffries, <laughs> who has been elected as the new House Minority Leader for the next Congress, the essentially successor to Nancy Pelosi. And, Ozzy, we only have a few seconds left. This is fascinating. I've loved this conversation. And uh, tracking Hakeem, his uh, Congressman Jeffrey's ascendant, uh, his path to power, I think is so interesting. Mm -hmm. So we really appreciate you joining the show to walk us through that. Let me ask you one quick question. I do know, my understanding is that he will become the first... Uh, black American to ever lead a, a minority or majority in Congress. Is that right? That is correct. And, um, and really well, quickly, we have about 20 seconds, and I know sure. that's not enough, but sure, how sure. will his approach and style be different if you had to sum it up? He has said getting things done is a priority, but he's drawn a line at challenging Republicans when it comes to extremism, and that is often a signal for any alliance with Donald Trump and MAGA Republican values. Mm-hmm. Oh, got it. Thank you so much for being with us, Ozzy. No problem. Okay, up next, we're going to have a conversation about the developing situation in Iran and the steps being taken in response to countrywide protests. Back after the break. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.